in the world that is a complete shit show i am turch and with me as always is my co-host my ceo kieran thank you very much (laughs) and uh um a bit disappointed that you went on the mark to nominate me for the ubers late person competition is that why because you emailed me the nomination form late (laughs) (laughs) so we shouldn't get bogged down with i'm sure because it's the late awards (laughs) They'll be fine with with late nominations. Well, maybe, maybe I should put in a late nomination for you, so for those Uber awards. <laughs> but there's the best excuse for being late, or the latest person in Australia. I've told you this before, um, and I have a theory about you and a few other people, but mm-hmm. you you are always late to things. Margin of error. Margin of error. Margin of error up to three hours, mm-hmm. right? And I have a theory, because you originally were from Perth, mm-hmm. and you moved over to the same part of the country, mm. Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I feel like when you we say, like, come at 8 o'clock and you come at 11, it's because you're still in Perth time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you could be onto something here. It's, but it's funny because I've got a few other mates who have come from Perth. Yeah. And he does the same thing. Yeah. And then I was just saying to you before the show, my cousin had a mate who was from Perth. And he's also always about two to three hours But late. it's the Perth culture. You say five <laughs> and you mean seven. Like, uh, no one turns up at the time you say. Oh, that, that's why they're the economic boom. Apart from the mining things, <laughs> they're the economic boom and the cultural centre of Australia down in Perth. See, my old man's... Uh, see, the, one of the things I love going back to, to, back to Perth, right? My old man's there at the moment. And I was just like, holy shit, if I got up right now... yeah. I'm like, it would be 6am Perth time. I would be wide awake. I'd be ready to hit the ground running. But that's like saying, oh, if it was, if I was in London, I'd be up at midnight. And But if you were in London, you would just readjust yourself. <laughs> it, true. After a week in Perth <laughs> on the third day, I'm like, slept past 6am. That's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, you readjust. It's like, you know, you suffer from that jet lag for a bit and then you're fine. But speaking of running late. Yeah. Uh, and this leads into my rant, okay. which is always always a bit of fun <laughs> of how we always start the show. Um, so I was having a great day uh, last week. Mm-hmm. We, um, I had some new tenants move into my investment property. Oh, congratulations. Very exciting. The Investment Podcast with Turch coming <laughs> know, up next. Right, I know, right. Um, then my mate came over and we recorded some demos. Mm-hmm. For, in in uh, the house where the tenants are going. No, no, recorded them here. Okay. Uh, so my in the mate, podcast studio. In the podcast studio, yep. we decided I've been looking to write some some original music, some more mm-hmm. original music. Okay. Right. So it's going to be very, very slow because I'm a bit lazy and tired, and it's Christmas season. Hmm. But uh, we'll get to the Christmas rants next week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I've been working really hard with them, uh, with them to write some more music. So it came over. We recorded two little demos, and that was really cool. And then after all that. I was going to meet up with you guys at one of our favourite pubs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, great, how the, good is this? What the, a great day. The Northcote Social Club. The Northcote Social Club. Not only that, I didn't see Jess all day. Okay. Which was even sometimes really nice. Like sometimes you just need that break. From your ah, girlfriend. you're at that point in your relationship. <laughs> you no, enjoy her going to work. 
Well, she wasn't at work. She was out with her friends. Okay. You know, yeah. so, so that was fun. So I get to the Northgate Social Club yeah, and right. you guys are running a bit late. That's all right. But I thought, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll grab myself a beer and I'll mm-hmm. sit down. I'll ba- bag some chairs for us and we'll relax. This was the night that I was going to see The Room. The Room, that's right. That's right. right. And we'll talk about that later. That's coming up. Okay. But I sat there, ordered a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got my one of my favorite ones, the uh, Mountain Goat Steam Ale. Mm-hmm. I love that one. And... Pours me a pint, pint of beer. Okay, pint of beer. For Americans, is like five hundred and fifty mils. I don't know what that is in gallons or whatever. Stupid. So about a gallon. Okay. Yeah, about about a gallon of beer, right? <laughs> no, like a pint, like a pint of beer. And the guy goes to me, and this is where the rant is going to start, and where where I take this is going to be completely weird. Okay. The guy goes twelve dollars fifty for a mountain goat. Steam ale pint. Five for, yeah, h- half a litre of beer, just a bit that. $12.50 for a beer. So relatively cheap. I thought that was very expensive, hmm. right? That's um, not VB. I mean, well, this, not is VB a, this is a premium beer. I wouldn't even call it premium because it's owned by it's owned by CUB. It used to be premium it beer. It used to be premium beer. It used to beer. be independent. It used to be an independent small thing. And you know what? I'm happy to pay for the small brews and then, you know, if it's, you know, but still. So you're not saying it's not an IPA. No, exactly right. Hmm. But beautiful beer, but $12.50 for a pint. Like, I'm a fan of up. the dark owl. Yeah, me too. But in summer, going to go a bit of lighter. Okay. That's how it, but holy fuck. And that's what my rant is this week. It is the price of beer. Hmm. Bloody outrageous. You know where you should join? You should go. You should join a lawn bowls club. Yeah. Because they've still got genuine 1975 prices. That's true. That's true. But the price of beer mm. really shits me, especially at pubs. And that's the thing. Like, I know I'm paying for the atmosphere and the bar stuff and the bands to play and all that sort of stuff. But the actual price of beer, especially in Australia, and from what I can tell around the world as well, is heavily taxed and this is what my rant is gonna i Ah, thought my rant was just gonna be the the beer tax my the price of beer was just gonna be my my rant but because of this little bit of research that i decided to do and we thank the research investigative department of the wheel you one take i wanted to know why a pint of beer was twelve dollars fifty so i did a bit of did a research Mm mm-hmm now, beer is tax because all products have a GST on it. So, 10%. 10%. 10% on top of whatever we do. But on top of that, here and around the world, mm. they put this other thing on it that they don't call a tax, but it basically is a tax. And it's called an excise. Oh, but it's not a tax because it's, it's tax. an excise. So let me, let me, this is the definition of an excise. An excise or an excise tax, where they drop off the tax bit, <laughs> is any duty on manufactured goods which is levied at the moment of manufacture rather than at the sale. They are often associated with customs duties. Uh, customs are uh, levied goods that come into existence as taxable items at the border, while excise is levied on goods that came in existence on uh, inland. 
Tobacco, alcohol, and gasoline are the three big things around the world that have excise on them. Hang on a second. So that stops us from manufacturing if we have excises. Correct. Oh, now you learn. Now we're having some fun. So excise duty is collected under the excise tariff, not tax. Tariff. Tariff. This is good political. You could you could be in politics. Well, with all these tariffs and excises and this that you're going to introduce. And this was enacted. This this pain on the common man was enforced in all the way back over 120 over 100 years ago nearly 100 years ago in 1921 that's when it started so this little thing is increasing the price of beer and you think yourself how much is it increasing at the price of beer so when they manufacture it they automatically inflate the price Mm. how much is that and then that that price that selling price then gets passed on to the people that are buying the beer, so the pub, which they p- then pass on to us. The consumer. The consumer. So what they do is, I worked it out. And with the help of some Liberal Democrat stuff here, because they're really big on getting rid of that tax. Well, that's why we've got the GST. Well, why are we being double taxed? Ah, see? And that's what another thing I'm getting annoyed at. So, According to the Liberal Democrats, a slab of beer, mm. of VB, yep. which is a... This is... I feel like the VB is the, the equivalent of the American dollar. It's standardised. Yeah. We know what that is. Yeah, exactly right. It's like... Uh, I don't know what like the American beer is. Beer is like uh, Budweiser, I guess. Yeah. Equivalent of Budweiser, I guess. But VB, slab of VB, Victoria Bitter, traditional beer in Australia, especially in Melbourne, is about... I've got here about $48 a slab. On yeah. average. 24 big cans of beer. The manufacturing cost on that is $27.14. Is that the excise? No, the excise is $16.24. Oh, and sorry, four- the manufacturing cost is 27 right. So that, does that, that's include their profit? Yeah. Wow. And then the excise is $16.49. Fuck. And then you don't pay the GST on the original price of the manufacturing price. You pay GST on the combined price. Oh, no. Of the manufacturing price plus the excise. So you're getting double taxed in that GST amount. So that GST amount is $4.36 is what I've got here. Which means that a total tax on a $48 slab of VB is 43% tax. So let's go back to my pint of beer. Hmm. Let's you say your pint of beer costs twelve dollars fifty. Twelve dollars fifty. Mm-hmm. Let's just make it a nice even ten. Forty percent. Yeah. Or even ten dollars. Let's, let's make it ten dollars. Ten dollars. And let's just say it's forty percent because yeah. you know they've got to pay the staff. That means a pint of beer should be, if it's twelve dollars fifty, should be about seven dollars. Mm-hmm. But it's twelve dollars fifty. And that's what shits me. Kieran, that's what my rant is about. You don't mind mind having the GST tax because that's common amongst everything. Well, it's 10%. It's 10%. 10% 10 Yeah, it's basically on everything that's that's manufactured that goes to the consumer. Yeah. But this, having the excise and then the GST means everyone, every time you buy not just alcohol, but cigarettes and gas, like petrol. Mm-hmm. We should be getting rid of these excise. Well, you're never. Gonna, I, I guarantee that'll never happen. But the fact that it's hidden in the cost, mm. not many people know about it, and it does affect anyone that enjoys any of these things like alcohol, 
uh, tobacco and driving their car, I think is an absolute outrage. So my problem is the price of beer, but it's how we come to that price of beer. That See, $7 for a mountain goat is reasonable. I think so. I think so. I think that $27, even if you round up to $30 for a slab of beer, perfectly reasonable. Hmm. This is why I love going to Vietnam, because they don't have taxes. <laughs> that's right. Well, But that's the thing, around the world, especially in first uh, uh, Western cultures, tax. And it's, it's um, this one here, the excise on beer. So if a beer is 3.5% alcohol or more, then you get this rate. If it's any less than that, hmm. it's a different rate. But nowadays... As of, I think, next financial year, it's basically the same. So anything that has a, a higher alcohol content than what they consider no alcohol, which is like 0.1... Yeah, right. ...will have this excise on it. Bloody outrageous. Which is always going to go up because it's based on the, the cost of manufacturing. We should go into politics. Oh, we should change this. Uh, so that that's my rant. That was my rant. Every uh, I hope I didn't bore everybody with the <laughs> taxation thing, but for me... Like, you know, you earn your money, you pay your income tax, which you lose about 25%. And then just to go and do something that you enjoy with your mates, you're paying 43% on, on a beverage. On, 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 and that's a, that's a huge tax. That's huge. What do other countries in the world pay? And you know what? Funnily enough, like I, was, I was saying this before, very similar across, uh, across the board. A bit lower in the UK bit lower in the US. We're very heavily taxed here in Australia. And that makes me really sad. Mm. And we know what the, the weird thing is. Only today in the news, and I, I didn't get to read the article, I just got so outraged. Bloody the, outraged. The ABC, nine hours ago when we were recording this, uh, are con- uh, politicians to tackle, um, tackle obesity mm-hmm. want to put an additional tax on alcohol. Oh no! And I'm like, how much more fucking tax? Do you want? It's going to be more tax than no, I no, think. no. Is it going to be a tax or is it going to be another tariff? Well, this we need th- another name. We've got excises and we've got tariffs and we've got tax fees. It, it needs oh a fee. <laughs> we yep. already got that the Medicare fee. Ah no no no. <laughs> it needs to be an include. It needs to be positive. It Always. needs to be needs to be a enhancement. So this so it's just saying here, uh, you know, a new tax on alcohol, which could see the cost of. Cast wine rise by more than 100% would be the most cost-effective way for the government to address the nation's growing obesity crisis. Uh, uh, can you imagine? Like, so this $12.50 beer, even if we say we increase the price by 50%, you know, instead of the 100 that they're announcing here, that means I'm paying $18 for... More than that. Nearly, it's like the luxury 20. car tax. They haven't got rid of oh, the luxury car tax. And that's another tax. one. That's another one. You know, luxury car tax. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. We had a manufacturing industry here. We couldn't compete with the overseas. Put a tax on the imported cars. Now we have no manufacturing here. The tax on the imported cars is still there. It's still there. Bloody outrageous. Oh, fucking hell. Well, that's, anyway, a, great, that's a great rant. Oh, thank you. Well, don't worry. Wait till the Christmas one next week. I've got a fucking good one, mate. <laughs> well, Turch, I think you need to do what this man has done uh, to his entire town. Yes, what did If you do? don't like taxes, then this is what you should do. A guy spends $4,000 on a giant statue to give his entire town the middle finger. <laughs> 
Can we do that in front of Parliament House? <laughs> like, how hard would that be? I wonder how much money we could raise on a Kickstarter <laughs> to do that. To do that, I have a feeling that would be very high. That would be very, very high. Anyway, so he put a middle finger in front of uh, in his town, did he? Well, we've all been treated unfairly by others and dreamed of getting revenge. You imagine the perfect comeback to splinter their soul and the perfect plot to punish them for mistreating you. Then they'll be sorry. Then they'll pay. Then they'll all pay. <laughs> but you don't actually do any of it and you move on with your life. Well, one man in Westford, Vermont... Oh, that's Bernie Sanders' territory. Mm -hmm. Decided to retaliate against his enemies in the most hilarious way. Ten years ago, Ted... Oh, it was ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ted Pelkey wanted to build an 8,000 square foot garage so he could move uh, his truck repair uh, and recycling business to his own property rather than working in the nearby town. Doesn't sound like a big deal, right? But unfortunately, the Westford and Development Review Board blocked him from getting a permit. The battle continued for a decade as town leaders kept saying no over and over. It is not clear why authorities kept denying his request, but finally he couldn't take it anymore and the disgruntled 54-year-old decided <laughs> to show town officials exactly what he thought of them by commissioning a giant statue of a middle finger. The monument was constructed out of a 700-pound block pine, sits atop of a 16-foot pole and cost $4,000. I'm very impressed. There you go. And it's illuminated. It's, a, oh, it's, not, it's also illuminated. <laughs> We've just had a dog run into the studio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're just trying to get her. A... Hi, Ruby. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's an amazing... Oh, that's so... <laughs> it's lifelike. I thought it was just like a, a crappy little monument, but that's that's very detailed. That's huge. I'm very impressed. Oh, I'm very impressed he's able to... And not only that, it's like on a big stand. It must be like if it were 10, 20 feet high. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I, th- I say good on him. And, but it's not just... That's it's fighting not, back. It's not just a one-year battle or six-month battle. No. It's a ten-year battle. It's long-term. And so he's gone, stuff ya. Why not? I've built a statue. <laughs> All <laughs> hail the middle finger. You can't really... I mean, they can't get make him get rid of it off his front lawn, can they? No, they can't. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that legal battle <laughs> after ten years of the other one. <laughs> this one here. For another 50 years. Uh, uh, but good on him. I'm going to tell you... A, uh, you know what I like, Kieran? After a big night of drinking, twelve dollar fifty beers. Oh, after drinking. After drinking. Uh, <laughs> kebabs. True. Or twenty McNuggets. Oh. I love my McNuggets. With what sauce? I do the barbecue. I know you. You do your Big Mac sauce. Big Mac sauce. I know sauce. you asked that one, but I do like my. I do like either. I used to like the barbecue quite a bit, but now it's sweet and sour. Uh, Jess has got me onto that sweet okay. and sour sort of thing. You're onto the sweet and sour. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you some stories this week about McDonald's. Give us a yarn. And it all syncs up because... So here's the first article. Hang on a second. McDonald's produces food. Where's the excise on the food? Well, don't, look, uh, no. We're not putting any more fucking taxes on food. <laughs> No more taxes. If I, have to pay, wait, wait, if I have to pay tax on things that I purchase, then I shouldn't get tax on the income that I make. Choose one. See? That's how you play the game. <laughs> but nonetheless, in the UK, the NA, 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 uh, National Health Service, NHS... Yes, the NHS. Has stated... It rolls off the tongue. I know, right? <laughs> has stated that they should be run more like McDonald's, says the health secretary. <laughs> 
Well, you think about it, McDonald's is a very efficient organisation. Oh, that's exactly what this guy was saying. So he just said that they should look for the fast food chain uh, as an example. The NHS needs to look at to McDonald's as an example how to improve its leadership and management structure. Uh, he said, look at McDonald's. For example, they're nowhere as important as what the NHS is, but they what they do is spectacularly less complex, yet they start leadership training at a shift manager level. They drive leadership training through every level of the company. Restaurant managers learn how to develop a culture of continuous improvement, how to hold their teams and themselves accountable, and how to apply best practice to their outlets. General managers learn how to create and execute business plans and analyze and improve performance. And he went on to praise the uh, employees that there's apprenticeships, uh, university degrees, a leadership institute, and accelerated leadership development programs, all that training just to sell more burgers. It's pretty sad to say when you'd think like a big, or big, very important organisation like the NHS just goes... Right, so the NHS would be filled with government bureaucracy. It would be terrible. That stops everything, anything and everything from, from but happening. Guy, look at the guy who didn't complete high school, but he's got a degree because he's worked at McDonald's and he's a manager at McDonald's. It's pretty sad to think. But now when reading this article, like especially the headline was sort of outrageous to me. As I read it, completely understand. So I thought to myself, hey, there's going to be something about in the news this week that happened hmm. at McDonald's. I, I just want to say, and I think it's very appropriate as the CEO of this podcast yeah, yeah, to yeah. say this. And the NHS should also be looking at the structure of the We Only Do One Take podcast. Oh, absolutely. I think under the leadership of Kieran. As, a, as, a, as, the, the, as the owner of a, a small to medium-sized business. <laughs> <laughs> Where we've generated no profit. No profit. Still- oh, it's been nearly a year of no, of no profit. <laughs> Super losses. <laughs> but th- that's the plan. We're going to run. We're going to run a good two to three years in the negative. Yep. And then we'll spike up. I hope so. I hope so. But let me tell you a story of what's happened in McDonald's this week. Because sometimes, like you go, yeah, yeah, it's all well and good that that's how they do all these leadership programs, this and that. But are they actually acting in the way that they should be acting? <laughs> <laughs> we can use buzzwords. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Kieran, let me tell you about an incident. The incident happened at about 11pm on October 27th after a woman went through the drive through of a McDonald's restaurant. That happens? I know. What? After getting her food, she apparently became enraged mm-hmm. when she discovered there was not enough ketchup in her order. Uh-oh. The woman then entered the employee entrance of McDonald's restaurant mm-hmm. and asked for ketchup. Okay. Tomato sauce for our American listeners. That's right. <laughs> Other way around. <laughs> I know, it was a Katsup, joke. Katsup, it was a joke. Katsup. <laughs> when told by the manager Uh-oh. she couldn't be in the building, what? the woman became combative uh-huh. and began pushing and punching and choking the employee. Well, thank God they do that karate training. <laughs> the physical altercation took place inside the store near the drive through window, according to the footage. Another employee attempted Acqu- to... Hang on a second. According <laughs> to the footage. Yeah. It either happened or it didn't happen. <laughs> I know. It's footage. Know. Another employee attempted to intervene and eventually called over other workers to help. Eventually tells me that it's been going <laughs> for a man, long time. And then a man believed with the attacker, so with the woman, eventually came through the back door entrance and pulled the woman off the manager. Uh, 
the police said, she's the one that committed the crime. There's no reason to physically assault someone because you didn't get enough ketchup. So as you can see... And she'll have to do the time. <laughs> as you can see, McDonald's managers are very good at dealing with customers. <laughs> <laughs> and diffusing d- difficult situations, and according to the footage. That's why they have that leadership. To, that's why they need more leadership, <laughs> more training, leadership. More leadership, more leadership training. And I know what you're thinking, Kieran. Imagine if they didn't have any leadership training. I know, terrible. But I know what you're thinking, Kieran. That was just one example. It's just one sample size. Mm -hmm. We need a study that has more of a sample (laughs) size. We do. To really understand how well things are doing at McDonald's. How about this one? Okay. Poo is found on every McDonald's touchscreen. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we do research... So then it can come back to the leadership team so that they can... They can uh, oh, so traces it. of feces have been detected on every single McDonald's self-serve touchscreens tested by an investigation by a UK tabloid. Swabs were taken by uh, from the kiosk on all, the, all these machines around locations and tested by the London Metropolitan University microbiologist Dr. Paul uh, Matawele. We were surprised at how much gut and fecal bacteria there was on the touchscreen machines. They can cause all kinds of infection for people to pick up in hospitals. And some of the stuff that... Uh, now, I've, I've written these down phonetically because I didn't want to stuff it up. Because someone... Uh-huh. I'm sure one of our listeners is going to give me some shit for saying these wrong. I, 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 look, I tell you what. I take the most serious uh, pronunciation <laughs> courses I can. So, so I never stuff Staphylococcus up bacteria. Mm-hmm. So that was found on there. Uh, uh, abundance of it. Uh, which can cause blood poisoning and toxic shock syndrome, which is super contagious. <laughs> also on there was listeria, which causes miscarriages in pregnant women. It's actually used to help do abortions. Right, okay. Uh, uh, Proteus, which, is, which uh, gives you ur- urinary tract infections. Mm-hmm. And Klebsiella, which is from the gut and mouth and causes diarrhea. All of those were found in abnormally high values on these touch screens at McDonald's which is what I mean I've never used it I feel like if there's a person at the counter which every McDonald's has a person at the counter I'm just going to go order to the person at the counter you're going to actually make the person at the counter work is that what you're going to do Turch? well that's how they learn are you telling me that you're going to make that person actually work you know what if that manager dealt with more people instead of (laughs) not getting their things wiped down maybe he would have dealt with that person who wanted a little bit more ketchup a little bit more, a little bit nicer. No, stuff and it. the footage get, wouldn't have shown. <laughs> you get what you get, and you don't complain. But that's uh, it's amazing. Apparently, the the can, bacteria. All right, can I just got to? I've got to pick at this this investigative. Okay, so they found these traces, uh-huh. right? The traces, uh-huh. right? Were they obnoxiously high that someone is going to, you know, all of a sudden become sick, or are they like the safe levels? Uh. It was higher than normal. That's all it says here. But this, this is this a tabloid. Feces, there's feces on this bloody this table here. Don't tell my mum that. Right? <laughs> That's true. It's feces. But basically, what this study is telling me is most people walk into that McDonald's, take a shit. And don't and wash their hands. Don't wash their hands and then come out and press the touch screen. Yeah. Um, and then the spokeswoman, spokesperson, sorry, from McDonald's saying that they, cl- they are cleaned frequently throughout the day, but the disinfectant could not have been strong enough. So, there you go. But, uh, look, McDonald's is going to be rolling out more of these as the years go on. If I was the spokesperson for McDonald's, I would say, we're putting a ban, you must order, then go to the bathroom. Well, I think they were trying to do... Remember at Starbucks? 
Starbucks was trying to do that sort of thing not too long ago. Because remember those, um, there was a whole thing about two black people were sitting in the, in the, uh, in the shop. And then they were, the manager sort of said, hey, uh, if you're not going to order anything, get out. You have to leave. It's like, no, we're going to use the bathroom. It's like, no, you can't now. And now they've actually, because of this incident, mm. you know, they've sort of you know, been persuaded by these, you know, social justice warrior types. Mm. And now anyone can use the bathroom, even if you don't buy something. Right, okay. What they've found is that no one can use the bathroom because the t- toilets are now so overflowed, full of shit and piss. Mm-hmm and they don't have the staff to clean it, that the mm. toilets actually close so much at yeah. stores that no one can actually use them. Because, That's fair enough. Because homeless people just walk in... And then do their thing. and shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and just leave. Yeah, uh, I know. So, it's, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think I understand that, yes, you've got to buy something or do something like that. Now, I'll tell you what, when I'm in the city, right, and yeah. I've got to take a shit or a mm. piss, and I'm up near the top end of Collins Street, near yeah. the... Uh, New Parliament House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go into the Sofitel. Is it the Sofitel there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the Sofitel there. Right. Go up to the 35th floor or 36th. I can't remember. It's one of those two, right? There's a restaurant up there. Yeah. You don't need to go into the restaurant. Yeah. Right? And you go up there, right? Yeah. And you go into the male bathroom. Right. And you basically can take a piss next to the window and look over the beautiful view of Melbourne. You are the George Costanza of this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Like, you know, where every single toilet is... (laughs) No, I, like, to pee. I like to take a, a piss and a, a crap in luxury. I don't want to be going to Starbucks. <laughs> and then, and where then it's all filthy. you complain about is food and leg room. Like, you know, if, if the next story is about a, a clown named Bozo, <laughs> or, you, you know, you're working on the Pedensky file. Hey, you, should be, you should be impressed that I let my, that my, my toilet secret of where the best place to take a shit or a piss in Melbourne is. Oh, there's only like three people listening to this podcast anyway. <laughs> So we're all good. But Kieran, do you have some more news for us this week? I do. Uh, an obese Florida man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. An obese Florida man avoids jail because he's too fat. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, a 600-pound Florida man arrested. 600 pounds? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I'm going to work it out in kilograms for us uh, mm-hmm. Australian listeners out here. Arrested for scamming restaurants in 2007. <laughs> 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 was offered a plea deal when prosecutors discovered it was too expensive to incarcerate him, according to the Orlando Sentinel. Wow, because America just seems like a place where they don't care how much it costs to put you in jail. Um, They'll just throw more money at keeping you behind bars. Was it... It depends. Some of them are private and they're having them in there. But I guess if he's eating quite a bit, <laughs> yeah. But but maybe the healthcare. But you don't. But yeah. But you. But you get what you get in prison. That's it. You can't. That's true. Anyway, two hundred and seventy pe- kilograms. By the way, that's that's a big boy. Uh, George, thirty-eight, is infamous for ordering food and then complaining about the quality and refusing to pay after he eats it. The obese thief once devoured five milkshakes before finding a hair <laughs> in the shake and refusing to pay. George was arrested in 2007 after downing nearly $50 of beef jerky from a 7-Eleven, <laughs> then claiming the last few scraps were mouldy. Police tracked him down at a home and arrested him. The beef jerky got me, George said, on his way to prison. <laughs> the beef jerky got me! <laughs> after George was charged with five counts of a felony of petty theft, he became ill and bedridden. 
He now resides in a nursing facility and relies on a respirator to breathe. Oh my god. That's... After prosecutors discovered that the state would have to foot the bill for George's medical care, they offered a plea deal. He's in a prison cell, said Assistant State Attorney. He's not getting out of that bed. Well, he can't. He probably can't do get out of the bed at all. There's a photo. That's a big man. That yeah. is a... There, there's no... There is no chin. It's just... <laughs> Oh, there's eight chins. It's one of the two. <laughs> it's there's no in between. Um, he'll be dead soon. Probably. I wouldn't be very surprised, especially if he's like you know so used to eating. What's fifty dollars? It must be like two or three kilograms worth of beef jerky but, but, for fifty dollars. That's a good way. But to lose weight, go to prison. You can only get you only get your three meals a day. You can't eat anymore. Um, I don't. Anyway, so we're going to be doing a new <laughs> series on health and fitness. <laughs> I went to prison and lost 50 kilos and my anal virginity, but 50 kilos. Well done. And whoa, congratulations. Woo. Uh, well, speaking of Starbucks, I was talking about Starbucks before. Um, you know how we were having a feud with with uh, Pornhub for a while? Mm. Did we win? Nah. Okay. We can't. We, we, we love them too much. Their stats are fantastic. <laughs> we can't hate them. Um, we'll call we it a draw. We don't forgive them. But we were expecting an apology. Okay. So, you know. But, uh, YouPorn, another porn website, mm. has decided to respond to Starbucks' porn ban. Starbucks as a porn ban? Yeah. Is Starbucks owned by religious people? No, no. Just, they just get very, you know, they get pushed over by social justice warriors. Stuff like that. Mm. So, let me, let me just, uh. They need a CEO that takes action. Yeah, that's They right. need me. Well, here you go. Here, let's set the scene. Starbucks, after a few years of promising it would, has banned viewing porn on its free Wi-Fi. The company has built a filter and that would not allow mature content while blocking up, blocking straight up porn. Are people actually going there to watch porn? Or is it people that live near them in their apartments that are like, hey, I'm going to take their, their I Wi-Fi? I have a feeling that might be the case. But either way, still funny. Yeah, but what... Okay. I can see, like, you know what, though? I, th- I have a feeling that more porn is viewed at libraries yeah. than anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I have a feeling like homeless people just go, oh, and go to a library, quick jerk off, get out. Yeah. So, defund libraries, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, porn purveyor, YouPorn, has amusingly responded by banning Starbucks coffee in its offices. Ooh. So, in a memo sent to employees by YouPorn... That will get Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. But in a memo sent to employees by YouPorn by Vice President Charles Hughes, effective 1st of January, Starbucks products will be banned from YouPorn offices. Uh, I can't imagine there'll be someone walking around the office sipping la- uh, slapping lattes out of people's hands, but uh, it's a bit of a laugh from the YouPorn officers. So in light of the news that Starbucks has blocked customers from searching and viewing adult content within an establishment, Starbucks products will officially be, ban- be banned from YouPorn's offices effective 1st of uh, January 2019. And they actually did send out a memo and it's signed by the vice president as well. It's like, you can't basically, you know, uh, as of 1st of January... But it didn't come be- from the president, it came from the vice president. Close enough. Yeah, fair I enough. think it's just more of like a bit of fun. Like, you think about it, the guys at YouPorn, they're going to be having a bit of fun. Well, I heard uh, the other day Tumblr yes. is uh, getting rid of anything related to porn. Well, the app got taken down because of how much, not just porn, 
they found an abundance of um, underage porn. Oh, right. Okay. And the app was... I, I don't know if it's back up on the, on the app market, mm. but uh, we did post it on our Instagram account, and everyone should follow us at We Only Do One Take Podcast on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, like they... Um, the app itself got taken down from both the Apple Store and the Google Google Play Store right. because of yeah child pornography basically on there right okay so yeah so that's definitely something that happened but they've they've banned all because I've heard something like sixty percent of Tumblr is just porn well it yeah a lot of porn a lot of furry porn a lot of weird a lot of kinks a lot of weird shit yeah actually I've always wanted to get a furry on this show be very interesting. Well, now Tumblr's gone. They're going to need somehow to, you know, get themselves out into the market. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Oh, they're, they're, they're quite big. I was actually watching something recently about, uh, I think it was DashCon or something like that, where these guys from Twitter, uh, from Tumblr, decided to run their own convention. And they were, first they were going to call it TumblrCon or something like that. And then the guys from Tumblr sent them a cease and desist for using all their <laughs> things. And then they called it DashCon and they scammed about, not, like, you know, a whole bunch of cash, like nearly the 10, 20K from all these people um, held at once. Really interesting. Maybe I'll send you the link to the video. That'd be great. It'd be really interesting, that sort of stuff. That'd be great. Now, Kieran, you went to see The Room. I did. And Nova? At Cinema Nova. Yeah. And how was it? Um, look, it was great. Because um, you, you bought your dad. Now, is it, okay, first of all, has anyone seen... If you haven't seen The Room, The Room is this film by this gentleman named Tommy Wiseau, mm-hmm. made in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is considered... The world's worst film. The world's worst film. It's meant to be this serious melodrama. Yeah. And you watch it and it's so bad it's good. Yeah. It's hysterical. And the people that go there, that go to... Because it's played every month. Okay, it's now become like a cult film. And Cinema Nova, which is in Carlton, down here in Australia. 11.30 o'clock at night. And this happens around the world. Yeah. Play, different cinemas around the world play this. Cinema Nova, 11.30 at night, right? So I tell my old man, I'm going to take you to the world's worst film. Right? My stepbrother as well, he's at high school. Yeah. He doesn't realise how cool he is now that he's seen it. It's but pretty he's, cool. But he's seen it like... I don't feel like it's a, a movie you don't, you don't watch until you're like out of high school. True. So he's you know he's seen it. Yeah, yeah. But he can't like tell his friends. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. They're yeah. just gonna be like, "You're an idiot." Yeah. We're trying to play Pokemon. Or I don't know whatever high school kids do, right? <laughs> anyway. Right. But your dad and my sister went along too. Oh well, yeah. Full right. family affair. Right. Um. Uh, so we went there. So my sister didn't believe me that we threw spoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You throw spoons. I didn't know why people threw spoons. Yeah. But I found out recently why people throw spoons. Uh, what, what's the reason? It's because. In the film, all they have like the all the pic- picture frames, picture frames, yeah. yeah. But apparently, all the picture frames they didn't remove the stock foot, stock image from them. Yeah, and all the stock images are of spoons. Yeah, and I didn't know that until very recently. Every time I watch that film, I find something new about it. Yeah, well, yeah, because every time you see spoons in the picture frames, you throw spoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The whole cinema throws spoons, right? And I find it interesting because we get in there, right? My, number one, my sister's complaining. No one told me it was 11.30 at night, <laughs> right? You know, this is terrible. She's got a little one, though. So yeah. that's oh, they okay. went with their father, so she had, she had that, right? Uh, not going to lie, I was a little bit drunk. <laughs> uh, they had a cappuccino before I went in, and oh, that just... you're safe. That saved me. Right? Um, the meal beforehand also helped. I was going to say, we had a palm before that. That was, that was really that nice, was actually. Was, yeah, that was great. That was great. Um, uh, and so my sister doesn't believe me, right? And we and and I sent my father down to get um to get buy spoons. Yeah. And he comes back, 
because we're having we're at Brunetti's having a coffee right? beautiful and he gets back and he's like these are the last two packets yeah and my sister's like what's going on like and we're just like my dad's revving up he's like alright this is going to be good like all the spoons are like gone from like Woolworths like bloody oath I'm, I'm looking forward to this anyway you get into the cinema and the lights are still on and everyone's sort of like oh. hustly bustly yeah but everyone's here. sort of quiet and polite anyway as soon as those lights dim and go off everyone's fucking Clapping. wild yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone is wild and screaming and like I had to tell my dad I'm like this is you can talk throughout this film like yeah like just he fucking loved it of he course loved he throwing spoons he loved yelling abuse he got into that whole um uh, that's like why did this happen because you're a woman yeah yeah, yeah. line right yeah yeah um, my stepbrother I don't want to talk about it right? <laughs> my sister fucking loved it as well good 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 my stepbrother who's 15 didn't get it he was like what the fuck he was like so conservative yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. like what is this yeah yeah like, what's it's very much, very much two sides like people either really love it when they see it or they just don't get it and you know never really watch it again and I think the first time I saw it, I didn't... I think it takes about two or three watches mm. to sort of understand. And I think I introduced it to Jess and I'm like... she, Not that she hated it the first time, but she just didn't like get but, into but it. I, but I think you've got to be with a group of people that oh, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's the first time you're watching it and you're just watching it with someone else who just got no idea, yeah. it's going to be the shittest film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. And I think we watched it up at Phillip Island last time. Right. And it went off. Maybe we should do that again for this year. It'd be really good. I think so. It'd be really fun. But speaking of The Room, this week I went to see... So Greg Sestero, so who plays... Uh, oh, you saw the new film. I saw the new film. So that's called Best Friends, but it's part two. Yeah. And There's a... What? So there's two two films. So there's part one, yeah. Best Friends part one, which has Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau, who have, are both in The Room. Have you seen part one? And I saw part one back in March or April or something okay. like that. And this is part two. So Jess and I, we had to figure it, find out what happens at the end of this this film. Because it's sort of like, it's actually, it's not bad. It's not great. It's like, you know, just a weird little uh, thriller sort of film. It's okay. actually pretty, pretty good. I would love to watch them back to back. And the first one left us with a whole bunch of questions. Best Friends Part 1. Again, Nova Cinema. But... The great thing about Nova Cinema was they actually brought Greg Sestero down. Yeah, I saw that. And we got to you know, ask him questions and he actually sat with us to watch the film. No fucking way. So it was awesome. So we got to sit in the room and I got some photos. And maybe I should put that up on the, the Instagram page. It's really cool. Um, but I highly recommend it. Just like if you're looking for like a weird sort of thriller that's something a bit different and Tommy actually plays a character that suits him really, really well. Mm. And... That's really weird because, like in the in the in the room, he doesn't play the cat. He should not be playing that character. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if you were to cast that film and like you saw him come in to act, you'd be like, "You are not going to play this character." <laughs> but he plays that character in in the room. He plays like the hero, but he also plays the hero in this film. Yeah. But you don't know it, and that's what makes it really great. So definitely would recommend it. But that's like the third time I've I've seen Greg Sestero. Yeah. Because I saw him when. The premiere for um, the Disaster Artist. Have you seen that? No, I, it's something I need to watch. Definitely, it's on Netflix now, which is really good. But this, uh, the Disaster Artist is Greg Sestero wrote a book about the making of the room, mm. <laughs> and that's got James Franco in it and uh, Seth Rogen, a whole bunch of other really famous people. And that I might watch that tonight. Incredible story. 
and then I saw him for the premiere of that, and then obviously Best Friends one and two, I saw him for the uh, thing of that, the uh, premiere of the both those films. But highly recommend it. So we've had a very uh, Tommy Wiseau, Greg Sestero kind of uh, week, kind of yeah. week. It's been really good. But like, yeah, I highly recommend it. I love Nova. I don't know what it is about Nova. Like it's a bit old, a bit dodgy. But I think because it's, it's a, the, the cinemas are, are smaller. Yeah, and there's more... always an atmosphere that I walk in there and everyone's there for, to see the to see the film or to really enjoy it, to soak it all in. I mean, um, the legroom sucks, but I can give it because it's got it's got it's it got does, character. It doesn't have scum watching the film. That's right. Yeah, and you know what? The week before this, I was at Nova again and I was watching the new Louis Thoreau documentary. Oh, there you go. So, and you know what? Fantastic. If you want to talk about it, was about um, polyamory. Mm. And I'll tell you what, um, polyamory. <laughs> There's always one person in that polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. that's getting fucked. Yeah. Like, fucked over. I oh, mean, yeah. You know. So, like, this couple, the husband and wife of two different couples were hooking up. Mm-hmm. But the other two were not hooking up with anybody. Right, okay. Just their partners. Just their partners, yeah. And the guy was basically, like, you know, basically, oh, I want more time with my, you know, I love more time with my wife, but she's really happy with this other man half the time. And then and Louis Thoreau, who's a fantastic documentary mm. maker, up and asks her, in front of him, in front of, like the, you know, goes, would you give up more t- your time with the other gentleman to fulfill the needs of your husband, you know, more time with your husband here? And not in the words of no... But she basically said no, mm. and I'm like, wow. and every like, you could feel the tension in the audience of watching this, and you know, Jess and I were watching this, going, "Why the fuck are you with her? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, leave, find someone, get the fuck out of there." That really, oh, disgusting. And look, some sometimes it works. Like they showed some people that it was working okay. Yeah, right. But it wasn't really like a full. And my favorite thing is about all this sort of stuff. They were talking about how. Uh, oh, I don't really have like a hierarchy. Everyone's equal in this relationship. Mm-hmm. This woman was talking about it, and then Louis throws like, "This is her partner who she's about to have a baby with." <laughs> and it's just like, obviously, there's a hierarchy because yeah. this one here is having the baby with you, not these other five men. Yeah, like there's obviously a hierarchy here. Wow, I I, I couldn't do it. Oh, uh, I, what? Who has the fucking time? One girlfriend is enough. Imagine having to go to five different people's families' events. For Christmas. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's all I could think of. And all the presents you've got to buy. You know what? I don't care how much sex you're getting. That is a lot of effort. That is a lot of fucking effort you've got to buy. So many... You've got to buy four to five times the amount of gifts. Too much effort. We all know... And I know we're waiting for next week. Yeah. Christmas, but... Christmas rant, yeah. We all know that... Christmas Day takes a lot of effort because you've got to sit there and you've got to see your aunt that you never see and she's going to bombard you with questions and you've got to show you like you care. Yeah. And then you've got to repeat that to every other freaking family member. Yeah, I, I actually want to... I think we should... Uh, I was saying to Je- Jess, Jess bought a Christmas t-shirt uh-huh. and it just says... Uh, Fuck off. No, no, no it says uh, <laughs> Festive AF and has yep. a bunch of dancing skeletons, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I said to her, Jess, I just want a t-shirt that says Merry fucking Christmas cunts and just walk around the whole day. <laughs> Like, that would be perfect. Like, that would, that's how I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. So I'd be very excited for... Very excited for Christmas, can you tell? But that's like the Christmas rant. We should do, we should do a Christmas rant. What size rant. shirt are you? 
Ah, uh, medium. Medium? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Chest is pretty big. Well, I've got a news article for you, too. Yeah, news story for me, Kieran. Ohio State students get baking vending machine. Ooh, baking vending machine. Ohio State what does Uni- that mean? Ohio State University students are being treated to an unusual snacking option for finals. Thanks to a new bacon vending machine. The Ohio Pork Council. Sorry, sorry. I heard baking and I thought, geez, they could like... You could buy a whisk <laughs> or an egg and a pack of flour. Oh, right. Baking. No. Bacon. 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 <laughs> yes, bacon. <laughs> Subtly different. Did I say baking? I don't know. That's what I heard. No, I, I said bacon. No, bacon. bacon. So bacon. 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 The Ohio Pork Council, a trade group for Ohio, Ohio pork producers, installed the bacon council. <laughs> Installed a vending machine at the College of Food, Agricultural and Environmental Sciences <clears throat> that dispenses cooked, ready-to-eat Smithfield, Hormel and Sugardale bacon. That's all. So basically it's like a jerky then. Yeah. I would assume so. Pretty That's much. pretty cool though. I can imagine that it wouldn't be very popular with the Muslim and Jewish students though. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but remember, we've got to cater to everyone. Yeah, that's true. I'm always up, I'm always up for a piece of bacon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, good on him. Uh, we need more bacon machines. Well, does any any type of bacon bacon? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that sort of oh God, imagine that. It's pretty good. I I would love to see that try to be implemented, but I don't think it'll be ever be implemented here. Why? Ah, uh, people already complain about like too much sugar. No, oh, fuck them. You know, they keep me trying to teach. Like, have you seen the ad recently? About like the guy's like oh he's got a heart condition or cancer or he's got cancer mm-hmm. and the the surgeon's like oh he could have stopped this if he didn't have too many fizzy drinks mm. I'm just like this is just a ploy to put a tax on on fizzy drinks on sugary drinks this is what it is that's what it's going to lead to we're just going to be taxed so much on bullshit that we're not going to have any money to actually buy the things that we really want. Potentially. But talking of buying things, yeah. can you buy me? I saw this cap the other day. Yeah. Right? I may have said this last week. I can't remember. Probably. But it says the word CEO on it. I think we, you talked about that one. Yeah, okay. Merry right. Christmas. I'll get you a shirt that says Merry fucking That'd Christmas. That'd be great. Pants, and you get, you get me the hat <laughs> that says CEO. What a day. What a day. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of buying things, Kieran. Yeah. I know that you are very popular on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, like you're an influencer. Yes. And, you know, you, you, you show off products and then people, mo- like, you know, you get paid advertising dollars for that and people go out and buy the products that you're, you know, you go, oh, I got this handbag from Gucci. I know you, you love a good man bag. Mm, absolutely. So, Which is surprising considering, I'll tell you the last time I actually Instagrammed something. <laughs> Everyone I, follow Kieran on Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's Thorpey90. There you go. He's in. <laughs> Everyone's going to follow you now. Oh, fuck, where is it? Uh, the last post was the 29th of May, 2017. That's fantastic. Wow, that was that soon? Oh, that's pretty good. Well done. <laughs> Only a year and a half ago. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And then uh, you can see my dog. That's pretty good. Some pictures of Vietnam. Lovely. And food. Well, that, that ex- that's all you talk about <laughs> on the podcast too, funnily enough. <laughs> Wide range of, uh, of skills there. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that salad. Everyone have to go onto your Instagram. You know and what? Look at, look at that one. <laughs> look at that one. That how good does that look? It's pretty nice. That tasted shit. But, <laughs> but look how good it looks. 
That's the important thing. It's like all those Instagram bloggers that take photos of their like bacon and eggs, and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's still bacon and eggs. It's, it's going to taste good. This is a pear and raspberry salad. And I don't know what the fuck I did, but it tasted terrible. I don't know what to say to you there, buddy. But let me tell you a story. But look at that. Hang on a second, but look at those, right? Look at those. That, that is crispy potatoes. So that's good. And uh, sweet potato. Look at that. I'm going to go off and like every single one of your photos. Oh, that is... I mean, that is Christmas Day type, that. That there is... Well, if you're looking for something to buy your mum for Christmas, let me help you out here, Kieran. Mm-hmm. So, Payless Shoes opens a fake luxury store and sells customers $20 shoes for $600 in an experiment. Sorry, say that again. So, Payless Shoes... Yeah, opens a luxury store. Opens a luxury store and sells customers $20 shoes, like mm-hmm. a pair of shoes for 20 bucks. For $600 in an experiment. How's this? For $600. Yeah, how's this? So, so Payless's recent marketing campaign tricked yep. fashion influencers into paying significantly more for a pair of affordable shoes. The retailers created a new store and called it Palessi. Uh-huh. P-A-L-S-P-L-A-P-L-A-P-A-L-E-S-S-I. As an experiment, just to see how much fashion-forward people would think uh, would have to pay for high-end shoes. Influencers, professionals that inspire consumers to make purchases based on their expertise, were invited for the grand opening mm-hmm. of Palessi, a new high-end designer. Those that attended the exclusive party paid between $200 and $600 for Payless shoes are typically run up to top-end $40. <whistles> a Payless he sold $3,000 worth of shoes in hours within from opening so one influencer said i would pay four to five hundred dollars people would be like where did you get those shoes these are twenty dollar shoes other influencers remarked on the on the looks of the shoes and the quality of the material and were overall very impressed by the shoes um that's how you know they're crappy influencers well it's it's one of those things like yeah they're buying these but you know what they're buying they're buying status. That's all they're buying. That's yes. what they're buying is yeah. status. It's not really like... It's not the shoe. It's the fact that... This shoe is exclusive. It's $600. I spent you know $600 on a t-shirt or a pair of shoes. Yeah. I'm very rich. Look at this. You should buy it too mm. if you want to. I think it's like... Um, you know, when pe- like people have like Apple laptops. And I'm not saying that Apple laptops are terrible. But like it's that status symbol. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I also got it. I got it because it... It works. It works. And it doesn't fuck up. But also the status. Yeah, exactly right. Those people like buy very expensive watches or very expensive cars. They're buying a status symbol. Like, you know, I have this car. I am worth mm. X amount. And it's the same for this. They're going, yeah, I bought a pair of shoes for $700. They could be the most ugly pair of shoes in the world. But the fact that they cost so much and have a certain logo on it. Like, have you ever seen Louis Vuitton handbags? Like Louis Vuitton? Yeah. No. They've got a a logo and they basically just puncture it all the, all over handbags and in my opinion they look disgusting but they're like $800-$900 mm. but women know one if it's a real one or not <laughs> and two how much that would cost and that's a status symbol oh yeah uh, uh, it's the same for guitarists believe but it or not it's the same with cars as well yeah yeah there, there isn't okay so there's a difference between your stock standard like everyday car right because mm. it's parts made out of metal parts made out of plastic right and then you've got your luxury high-end cars where they're using a bit of leather and they're using you know more metal throughout the car right 
But the actual cost between that crappy car and the in the high end one, the difference isn't that phenomenal, right? As far as the the, the cost to make to make that car, the the, cost the, there of, is a difference. Uh, there is a difference. I think with cars, but their markup value. Yeah, I think for cars, it's more in the engineering side of things. I think it's the cost of the engine, the design of the engine, the 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 way that it moves and stuff like that, the way that the car is shaped is yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, like, you know, smaller car companies. Oh, look, Toyota is one of the biggest in the world, but you wouldn't call them, you know, high quality, like, you know, elite cars. Mm. Whereas someone like, you know, Maserati. But why does Toyota have Lexus? Right. It's Because it's, they know they can market those sort of cars. It's basically the same car. They've just jazzed it up a little bit, right? And it's now a premium high-end car. Yeah, it's true. But they, but they do spend a little bit of extra. I mean, look, but in the cars world, I guess, the difference between a top-end, like a Supra, yeah. and a Lexus, yeah. really talking ten to $20,000. And you, as a valued listener, can join the special exclusive We Only Do One Take <laughs> podcast for $99 a month. $99 if that's not month. good enough for you, we also have a premium, premium at $999 per month. 99.9 yes hmm. this is news to me <laughs> how do i join <laughs> wow uh but i think of it like guitars like people always like for guitar pedals for instance and probably boring the crap out of our one female listener at the moment because we talked about cars taxes <laughs> and, and, hi, hi jess and, and then moved away from shoes um but <laughs> But like people go, oh, you need like the most expensive boutique sort of pedals, this and that to do certain things. And at the end of the day, professional guitarists buy the most common pedals because they know if they had to replace it, they can buy one anywhere in the world because they're stocked everywhere in the world. And sometimes that's just more convenient mm. or, you know, especially with the power differences, like, you know, they're going to plug in a nine volt, you know, 240 volts here in America, it's 120 in the UK, it's 220 volts out of the power thing. It's just easier just to re- buy a new one when they're there. Then Sorry, you're boring me to death I with guitars. I am <laughs> tuned out. Um, anyway, nonetheless, they actually yeah. gave the money back to the people. Um, oh, that's right. We're yeah, talking about, about shoes. Other, so they, yeah, they, left, they gave them some free shoes and gave them all the money back, despite the fact that this was yeah, more of an experiment about things and... Anything else? I think that's really sad. I think they should have just screwed them over and just showed how stupid that they are. I think that would have been a far better option. I think more people would be on board with it. Like the common man would just go, ha, we screwed those fuckers over. Yeah, I'm going to go buy a pair of shoes. <laughs> and then say that they're Parcelet or whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah, they're, they're Palessi. <laughs> oh, Palessi. Palessi. Um, did you know, we started off the podcast many, many episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yes. Was one of the very first talking points. And one of the very first, I think episode three? Two, two or three. Two yeah, or three. yeah. Well, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos has a Patreon account because he's now broke. I heard this. Up like two to four million dollars or something? Yes. Um, something like that. I heard that he was kicked off Patreon recently. Well, I heard that too. Um, which is, um, it seems like there's... A whole bunch of people that's been kicked off Patreon recently, including obviously Miley Noppers, Gavin McGuinness was another one that's been deplatformed uh, off a whole bunch of. Uh, I think Alex Jones. I don't think Alex Jones was kicked off Patreon. I don't know if he had one, but he's definitely would have been if he did. 
and the big one recently is a YouTuber called named Sargon of a Card. Sargon of a Card. He um is like a classical classic libertarian classical libertarian type classic liberal classical liberal. Sorry. And he's just been kicked off the platform because he said uh, in a live stream on someone else's live stream, uh, white n word, oh, calling someone up. Okay, but um, and that's why he got kicked off the platform. But right. he was only like ten grand a month or something like that, ten twelve grand a month, something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but a whole bunch of people have been sort of deplatformed off off that uh, off that platform. Yeah, that platform, which is sad, and. I think that if a platform, a new platform was to be created, that apart from, you know, terrorist organizations and certain little things, if they just said, we don't care what you do or what you say, um, I think that lots of people would move over there. Mm. And there would be, there would definitely be a market for it. And I think Patreon th- take half a percent. Mm-hmm. of all earnings as a like a transaction sort of thing if they just said yeah and we charge i don't know 20.25 of a percent or even 0.3 of a percent i think you could really clean up i think we should start the we only do one take podcast patreon account that'd be really good <laughs> <laughs> patreon account yeah um i know hatreon's a thing hatreon yeah oh. that, that was created by the guy <laughs> I know. I think it was created by the guy that invented the ghost gun, which was like 3D printable guns. Oh. I think it was him, but I might be wrong. Um, that's another platform. There you go. That's what else I do. So, uh, Milo, back to Milo. Uh, yeah, back to, well, back to Milo. What is he asking for? $2.50 a month would let you become a foot soldier in the revolution. What does that buy you? I've got no fucking idea. $25 a month gives you 10% off all merchandise forever. That doesn't mean anything. Plus free Milo ringtones. Who uses those? An SMS alert pack. Uh, it's real dodgy shit. For someone who's got their phone always on silent. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, who has... Um, apart from work phones uh-huh. during work hours, uh-huh. who has their phone on on loud like when they're out with their mates and stuff like that? Uh, I don't know. You know, I've got a Fitbit, a yeah. new Fitbit now, and it tells me when... People are calling. When people are calling, when people send me texts, yeah. I don't even look at my phone anymore. If only this could tell, like, change the music for me mm-hmm. on my phone, I would never look at my phone. Oh, there you go. Oh. And a hundred dollars a month gets you all the above plus a personalized thank you message. All of this sounds like garbage. It I, does. I, I know, like you know, I know that he's written a book because I've, I've read his book. I got it for free and I read it. And he's not the greatest writer. He's very conversationalist when he writes. Um, conversational, sorry, when he writes. And it's not a great book. It's pretty funny. It has its moments. You know, this and that. Don't agree with, obviously, with it, all of it. I want to know why he's in debt. <sighs> I don't know. Because he had a, um, a podcast thing going, a subscription-based podcast, which I thought was quite successful. He was writing for a whole bunch of things. He was doing campus talks, this and that. I don't know. Be interesting. Uh, probably blew it on hookers. I know he's married. That doesn't mean anything, does it? No. I got no idea. He's polyamory. <laughs> Polyamorous. He's got many lovers all around the world. What can I say? Maybe. Maybe. There we go. We've got time for one more? Yeah, let's go for one more. One more. All right, then. Um, we're back to 
back to the other man. <laughs> now, can never leave it. But this man here is a real. I support this man with with all my love, with all my heart. If I could, if I could do something, if I could be, if I was a lawyer, I would help this man out. Did you say something to do with an oven mitt? No, not yet. A <laughs> <laughs> mill rental band, sixty nine, told he cannot legally change his age. Oh, I read this. <laughs> so, a Dutchman who wanted to change the age on his birth certificate to boost... <laughs> because of Tinder. <laughs> because, to boost his dating prospects has lost a legal battle to do so. Uh, Emil Rantelbrand, still aged, still aged 69, wanted to change his birth date by 20 years to avoid what he called discrimination. And this is, the, this is an amazing thing. <laughs> We live in a time when you can change your name and change your gender. Why can't I decide my own age? But the court disagreed, highlighting the many problems, uh, many rights in law are based on a person's age and changing it would cause many problems. There was no legal basis to make such change, it said. Um, well, I think you can't change it up, right? You can't go up. like So you can't be 16 and go, I'm yeah, going to legally maybe, change it to yeah. 18. You're 69, you want to be 18 again? Fuck it, why not? Oh, that's right. But, uh, Fuck it. Choose to be 16 and you can't buy alcohol. Well, ahead of the hearing, he made te- television appearances and press appearances saying that he felt discriminated against in both employment and popular and on the popular dating rap Tinder. And he said his doctors has told him he has the body of someone in their 40s. Well, he if, should be 40 then. If I'm 49, then I can buy a new house, drive a different car, I can take up more work, he said. When I'm on Tinder, it says I'm 69. I don't get an answer. When I'm 49, I ha- with, a, with the face I have, I will be in a luxurious position. Alongside widespread media attention, he was criticised for uh, comparing his bid to someone of people in the transgender community. Uh, in court, he argued that the date on the birth certificate was a mistake, even though he was born on that day on the 11th of March, 1949. Uh, the court agreed that uh, with him that his age is part of his personal identity, but unlike a person's gender or name, um, it had further complications. So, like you said, the issue was that you know if you're changing your age, you know that's that's stuck to the right to vote, the right to marry, the opportunity to drink alcohol and drive a car and stuff like that. But then again, he just felt discriminated discriminated against the ruling because you know if he was younger, one he could date younger potentially younger women but you know if you wanted to buy a car or buy a house or do something like that or find other employment some people don't hire people that are of a certain age because they know they're going to retire soon or stuff like that he felt discriminated against i thought it was really interesting but they go on saying that you know you can't change you know you can change your gender and you can change your your name and stuff like that he should have brought up rachel dolezal have you heard about this chick? No. So this is an article and I, don't, I won't read much of it, but it just says Rachel Dolezal, who pretended to be black, is charged with welfare fraud. <laughs> yeah. How does, how does it, what, what, she, how is pretending to be black related to well welfare? She, so basically she, her name's Rachel Ann Dolezal, is an American former civil rights activist known for being exposed as white, while falsely claiming to be African American, so she basically put on, like, darkened her skin, frizzed out her hair, and decided that she was part of, part of the black community. 
and became this um, Af- uh, African-American civil rights pusher. Mm. Now, like, she's very current. Right, okay. And she was found out later after getting a scholarship for being black or something like that or defrauding the system. Obviously, she's being charged with fraud. Um, that her parents were both white. Her uh-huh. great, 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 uh, her grandparents, her great grandparents, all white. She was not black at all, but she just put on, you know, she just said, Oh, I feel black. I'm part of this community. Changed her name mm-hmm. to be more of a. Uh, like Laquisha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't even. Uh, Nick, in, uh, Kneki Amare Diallo. Mm-hmm. She changed her name too. So this, so this lady can. But I if mean, someone you know, wants to be. I don't know, paint their skin black mm. and feel that they're part of the black community and, and do that, then okay. Oh, look, I'm all for it. I mean, look, people can change their gender and play... I don't know if you saw that um, the person, the, uh, the the male to female transgender person who has been trying to get into the WAFL mm. for a while. Now, well, she's playing handball for the Australian handball team and she's like six foot four. Australia has a handball team? Yeah, yeah. Women's handball team, in fact. My God. So she's playing for the. Because my, my mission team. is to she's get spe- into get into the Olympics, <laughs> but in the sport where I don't have to do much. Well, she's like a six foot four woman mm. that's been on hormone treatments for three years, still talks like a man, still looks like a bloke, and has the arms of a bloke. And these the people you got to look at the photos later, but she, the people that she's pl- playing handball against are like five foot five, five foot seven. Women. <laughs> wow. That are, you know, always women, not mm. going through tr- uh, this transgender, you know, change. And she looks like a guy just beating the well, shit out of women. I hope she does represents the Australian team very well. Oh, look, as long as she wins, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to the sporting bodies that's, to determine. That's the real thing. I'll tell you what. Bring home the gold medal. If you, well, that, imagine... Tra- transgender uh, changing your gender from w- male to female because you can't make the men's teams you go to the female team and then still losing how fun that must be no, no wonder they have a very high suicide rate <laughs> <laughs> and on that note and on that note <laughs> we'd like to thank you for listening to the We Only Do One Take podcast if, you, for, if you'd like more please make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud iTunes YouTube Instagram and Facebook um, and if you'd like to send us a hate mail a death threat or a rant, uh, send us an email or record uh, or record the rant on your phone and send it to us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. Kieran, thank you for another fantastic episode. Uh, my pleasure. And we will see you all you wankers out there next. Or the Christmas, pre-Christmas. 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 Christmas. Drinks. Drinks. Yeah. Christmas. Work Christmas function party <laughs> thing. We'll see you all next Thursday. <laughs> tea happening over there. <laughs> yeah, there is. I think we should get one. Oh, absolutely. Scientists brew lava and blow uh, scientists brew lava and blow it up to better understand volcanoes. <laughs> it was the vinegar and the bicarbonate. <laughs> <laughs>
finally, all those children's science experiments come into come in handy. <laughs>